following contains descriptions of physical violence, sexual violence, and graphic descriptions of autopsies. Welcome back, listeners. This is episode 20 of TGIC Podcast. I actually, like, can't believe it. It kind of feels like just yesterday I was researching the John Bonet case. Yeah, I mean, the John Bonet case, I feels like that feels like two years ago to me. I don't know, it doesn't feel like recent. It feels kind of long, but kind of short. I can't, like, I don't know, I feel like I've had a lot of character development since then, but, like, also kind of recent. I don't know. And that honestly, like, our podcast has had such a glow up. It has had such a glow up. I mean, if you listen to some of our old episodes, they're actually freaking shitty. Please do not listen to them. Please. I'm begging you. Like, if I could take some of them down, I totally Like, I wish we could just straight up delete the Black Dahlia episodes. No. Oh, my God. Those are so bad. They're so bad. Izzy and I were, like, kind of struggling with the Black Dahlia. We didn't... We actually... Someone suggested that case to us, and then we were just like, yeah, sure, the Black Dahlia is so famous, yada, yada, yada. And then we researched it, and it was just shitty, and it was also our first episode we just working as, like, a partnership, and it was Yeah, and we didn't have enough time to, like, switch cases, so we just ended up doing it anyway. And then we tried to do part two, which was dumb. Why would you do that? It was, like, 20 minutes long. It It was so stupid. Yeah. Why would we bother doing a part two? I don't even know. Okay, this is, you're not here to hear us question our decisions, so let's just get right into it. We have a really interesting case selected for today. We will be covering the Elisa Lamb case, and that is kind of, I don't know if you guys have heard of this, it's like, they just came out with a docuseries thing on Netflix about it, so it was all associated with that, like, Hotel Cecil thing, so it's just a super creepy, weird case. So, let's just jump right in. I'm Jillian. And I'm Izzy. And also, I got very obsessed with this case, so I'm sorry if I'm like a conspiracy theorist for half of this. (laughs) Okay, so the Hotel Cecil is a hotel located in downtown Los Angeles, and it is notorious for strange and creepy occurrences, along with creepy guests. Um, It's currently called the Stay on Main, but it's gone by the Cecil Hotel Cecil and Cecil Hotel in the past. So they're really trying to change it up, I guess. Trying to change it up. I don't understand how changing it from the Cecil to Hotel Cecil to Cecil Hotel is... Well, it's like rebranding. But it's the same (laughs) same name, just shuffle. Okay, well, the Stay on Main is different. Stay on Main. Does that sound like a Disney hotel? It does sound like a Disney hotel. Does that not sound like a Disney hotel? No, it totally does. does. All right. So, this hotel has had multiple serial killers and murderers stay in it. So, for example, Richard Ramirez, who is the Night Stalker of L.A., had a permanent residence at the Cecil, and he, like, used to just take off his bloody clothes and dump them in the alley, and then just would walk back up to his room covered in blood, only in his tidy whiteies. And just <laughs> nobody would say anything. That is so awful, and I heard that he literally paid $14 per night to live there. That's so weird. $14 a night? So, like, that's Like, so I could creepy. afford that, and I have no money. Yeah, exactly. Like, imagine seeing a creepy guy with no teeth walking up the stairs <laughs> in his, his tidy whities covered in blood, and you're like, oh, hey, Richard. He's like, oh, hey. How are oh, you? Geez. Just another normal night. Okay. <laughs> so then there's also just been, like, weird and multi- like multiple unexplainable suicides and deaths occur there. Like, I, there's some sort of statistic on it that I forgot to Google, but there's, like, a, like, people just go there and will, like, die. die. Yeah. Like, it just happens. Yeah. Okay, and so, like, another weird-ass fact is that there's an average of two 911 calls there. Like, they're just, they call from there to the police, like, every day. Two, two 911 what? calls made to the police every day from the Cecil. 
And then there's just around eight to nine deaths at the Cecil per year. Okay, so okay. those are the statistics that yeah. Izzy looked up for me. <laughs> but that that's insane. How is this place not shut down? Like, if you think of any other place, if there were eight to nine deaths there per year, it would have been shut down in its first, like, two years of running. No, it's ridiculous. I mean, like, that, that's a lot. Okay, so... Something to keep in mind while we talk about this case is that the Hotel Cecil had a rebranding campaign in 2007, and at the time they made a separate hostel-style hotel. hotel. That's a, what is that called? Alliteration? (laughs) Hostel-style hotel within the Cecil, and it was called Stay on Main. So this hostel was pretty cheap and well-maintained, and it took up floors three to five of the Cecil with permanent residents below on floors one to two and guests of the Cecil on six through 15. So, you know, serial killers go upstairs, Mm -hmm. um, permanent people downstairs, and then we have some college kids in the middle. No, literally, like a bunch of college kids or people who are like, oh, I want to stay in L.A. Meanwhile, they're like literally next to Skid Row in this, Mm -hmm. like, creepy-ass hotel. So, a lot of people who stayed at the Stay on Main had no idea what the Stay on Main was and that it was, like, a part of the Cecil because when you booked a room, you just did not know. It was, like, not made aware. And they remodeled part of the Cecil to, like, have a different lobby for the Stay on Main so they would, like, look like two different hotels. Okay, that's, like, that shouldn't be allowed. That's, like, cheating. That's, like, cheating? That's, that's not, what is that called? It's, like, um... Scamming? Yeah, like, literally a scam. And also, they were, like, still connected by the elevators. They went, like, no. from first to 15th floor. So, like, if elevators aren't creepy enough, like, these are super creepy. So, you guys are probably wondering at this point, what the fuck does this have to do with Elisa Lamb? Mm-hmm. So, we're just going to go into some background on her first. Elisa Lamb was born on April 30th of... 3rd? 30th? 30th. 30th. I don't know why I said it like that. Um, she was born on April 30th of 1991 in Vancouver, Canada. She was enrolled at the University of British Columbia at the time of her death and disappearance. She had a history of mental illness and was diagnosed with depression and bipolar disorder. She was taking medication to help, and she never attempted suicide, but she was once reported to be missing for a short period of time. There's not a lot of detail on that. Apparently Mm -hmm. it was, like, one anonymous report that she just basically, like, mysteriously went away for a little bit and then came back. So, a little weird. Yeah, just, that's kind of weird. I don't know. Um, so then she also had this presence on Tumblr. She had one blog on Blogspot for two years, and this blog talked a lot about fashion and her personal life, but she also talked a lot about her mental illness and how she was dealing with that. So there was a lot of, like, darker stuff on there. So it was kind of like a diary, honestly. Yeah, it was kind of like a diary, but also kind of talked a lot about fashion. (laughs) Um, so two years after starting this blog, she started a new blog on Tumblr where she continued to post similar things. But here's, like, kind of the creepy part of it. There's this quote that says, you're always haunted by the idea that you're wasting your life. And that was just found at the top of both of her blogs. Like, that, it was like, it's called something, it's like a header. That's almost. so creepy. Okay, I don't, like, that's really creepy. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like, it's kind of just weird coincidence, I guess, which we'll yeah. see a lot in this case. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's a little weird. Okay, and another thing, while I was researching this case, there's literally, okay, this is really weird. There's, like, a community of people who are literally obsessed with Elisa Lamb. Not necessarily the Elisa Lamb case, but they're like, I feel like I'm best friends with Elisa Lamb. I love her. I mourned her death. Oh, God. And this is people who literally, like, found her Tumblr, like, after she went missing. After? Yeah. That's creepy. Like, I could understand, like, 
you know, something, like, if they followed her blog before she died, and then, like, feeling like, no. they didn't, that's crazy. Like, they didn't even know her personally. It, I just, like, I feel like that's so unsettling to me. I don't know. Like, I watched the documentary on Netflix, and they had a lot of the people who were kind of like that on the documentary. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, like, people were like, I had a physical and mental connection to Elisa. And I was just like, oh. That's so creepy. Oh, no. Like, yeah, okay. Anyway, um, let's get to the timeline. So, she was on, like, almost a trip across California at the time. So, she had been going to different parts of California in January. So, January 28th of 2013 was when Elisa checked into the Stay On Main Hotel, unknowing that it was connected to Hotel Cecil. Because of their terrible branding. <laughs> yes. So, Elisa was first put into a hostel-style room, which she shared with two other women. Women? Women, Women. not woman. Um, However, they complained to the hotel manager, like, a few times, saying that she was acting oddly. So they moved her to a solar room just two days after staying in the hotel. Um, what? Yeah. Like, we don't know any of the, like, things surrounding that. But acting oddly enough to be taken out like that's just so weird yeah especially when you're in a hostel i feel like you have very little like wiggle room to just complain about your roommates yeah and she was moved to a solo room which is that's weird really weird yeah what could she have been doing with these two women who i mean i I don't know if they knew each other or not but like they joined together and like complained to the hotel multiple times yeah that's weird i don't know um, and let's jump forward a little bit. So, February 1st of 2013 was the day that Elisa was supposed to check out of the Cecil and head to Santa Barbara. However, Elisa never checked out of the hotel, and more disturbingly, her parents never received a call from her, which was super odd because she would call at least two times a day. And, I mean, the Lamb family then contacted the LAPD later on that day and reported their daughter missing. And, I mean, it was immediately taken seriously just well, because, good. like... She was 21, and it was, like, so out of character for her to not talk to them. That I don't I guess, know. I feel like we see this a lot, where, like, yeah. it's out of character, and they're older teen, and, like, they, no one looks into it. Yeah, exactly. Or they're reported a runaway, or it's like they're an adult, so it's their responsibility, yeah. you know what I mean? So I guess it's good that they stepped in really fast. Yeah. Probably because it has. she was an international citizen. Exactly. And the Lamb family actually flew to L.A. to assist with the search, like, later on that day, I'm pretty sure. And the last ever sighting of Elisa was that morning at a bookstore called The Last Bookstore. Um, very ironic, kind of darkly ironic that that was the last yeah, place she was ever yeah. seen. Um, but the clerk reported that she was very friendly and outgoing and that she had gone to the store to buy presents for her family. And apparently they had like a super long conversation about what would be too heavy to carry. Hmm. Like, it was just weird. She was like, she was acting totally normal. She wasn't scared or anything. She just came in and bought a bunch of books and stuff. Huh. So, I just thought that was really interesting. And February 2nd of 2013, an extensive search was done of the hotel by police. And keep in mind, the hotel has over 600 rooms. So, they were there, I think, from, like, a little bit after that, like, it got to nighttime until that morning. It was, like, 20 of them. And they had cadaver dogs and those other dogs that, like, pick up scent, I guess, Mm -hmm. that aren't necessarily cadaver dogs. And they picked up no scent of or sign of Elisa. And her room was also searched, and it was discovered that her room was cleared out. And they were like, um, what the hell? Why is there nothing in her room? And then they went to the hotel people, and they were like, oh, we picked everything up, and we put it in a bag, 
and we've been storing it. And they were like, what? And they were like, yeah, we just have all of her stuff. And I mean, they said that it was their policy that they had to do that if someone didn't check out at the right time. So like if they forgot their stuff or something. And that is awful. Because, like, that totally messed up a potential crime scene. It did mess up a potential crime scene, but, like, come on. It's a it's a hotel. They're trying to make money. They need to get people into that room, so. True. She was, I mean, I know she was, like, missing and all, but, like, she was kind of a shitty hotel guest and left all of her shit there, and they had to move it out. That is true. And, I mean, like, we don't really have an idea of what state her room was in, other than the fact that someone said that it was messy. Not in a way that it was, like foul play but just it was messy which is totally normal for a hotel room like my hotel room usually stays pretty messy when I'm somewhere because it's vacation I don't have to keep it clean (laughs) anyways February 6th of 2013 I mean they had no evidence no leads and no idea where Elisa was so the LAPD decided that they needed more help so they had a held a press conference to inform the media And her parents were there, and they just told everyone what was going on and that they were looking for her and, like, had pictures out. And, I mean, they had nothing to go off of at this point. And on February 13th, they released the elevator video, which we'll get to later. But they had no leads, like I said earlier, no evidence and no theories. And the only thing that they had was this bizarre video of Lisa in the elevator of the hotel. And, I mean, they released a video to the media, and there was an absolute media frenzy. Like, it went viral before viral was a thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, I mean, before long, web sleuths. I don't know why that's, like, the name of them, but, like, that's what everyone has been calling them. Like, web sleuths. Web sleuths is a website. Oh, really? You've not seen... I did research on web sleuths. I've literally done... No. You've never seen web sleuths? It's literally, like... It's kind of like Reddit, but especially for, like, true crime freaks. Why are we on that? We should be on. We it. should be on that. Can you just make? Can you make a profile? I don't know how I that think works. You can. Actually. No, it's it's like a thing. It's not. People aren't like referring to them as web sleuths. Like web sleuths is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did not know that. <laughs> but anyway, the people who were on web sleuths were like flooding the police stations with their theories and tips. So they're basically calling them and be like, "I think this happened to Elisa," which was kind of useless. And I mean, it led to a lot of false leads that like misled the police. But at the same time, I mean... They had nothing else. They had nothing else. So we're going to talk about the elevator video more in depth. Jill, can you do that? Yes. Okay, so the elevator video is just such a weird and, like, on it, I don't know, it's like the cherry on the creepy freaking cupcake. Mm-hmm. I think I said that phrase before. It's a cool phrase. I want that on a shirt. Anyway, it's just a weird, like, thing that happened. I don't, I can't, it's so weird. So basically, it's a full video of about four minutes, but... The last two minutes or so are just, like, elevator footage, and Elisa's not even in it. Why would they release that? I don't, I don't know. So, we have this video linked on our sources on our website, so please go watch it if you haven't already, because you'll be kind of confused, I guess, if you hear this, and it, like, it won't, it won't fully connect, I guess. So, definitely go check it out. It's mm-hmm. on our website. So, starting off, you see Elisa Lamb calmly walk into the elevator. She's wearing a red hoodie and black shorts. And when she enters the elevator, she kind of crouches down and pushes all the buttons in a line. And something about this literally reminded me of, like, a toddler getting into an elevator. (laughs) Like, just being, like, super, like, kind of, like, they, like, wander in, and then they're just being rambunctious and, like, press all the buttons. Yeah, that reminds me of that scene in Elf, where he goes, (laughs) like, on the Empire State Building. And, I mean, I'm not going to 
lie, I lived in an apartment building for a short period of time, and every once in a while, I would press all the buttons and just get out of the elevator. Yeah, that was the same with me. Like, it just, it, it's a thing you do. There's not a lot else going on. So occasionally, you know, I could, I could understand that. It's a little weird, but okay. So she then continues to go in and out of the elevator, almost as if she's playing, like, hide-and-seek. Like, it's weird. She's, it's like, so kind of, like, peeking out, and then she, like, kind of goes back in, and she's just, like... Then she, like, goes against the wall of the elevator where no one can look in and see her. It's super weird. And at one point, she goes back into the elevator, and she pushes every button, and then she just goes back out into the hallway. Okay. That's so weird. Because people are like, what if someone was chasing her? But if someone was chasing you and you're trying to get out, like, using the elevator, why would you push all the buttons? But, like, what if it was some kind of game? True. Like, it wasn't serious. Um, so it continues for multiple minutes, which is just really weird because, like, you can't tell that anyone's in the hallway with her. And something that's just super weird about this video, too, is that it's been determined that it's, like, been tampered with. And the timestamp is almost illegible. However, people have been able to, like, make it out with, like, I don't know, coding and shit. Yeah. And they discover the video had been slowed at one point and then cut at another where, like, a whole minute is basically missing. Okay, that is so crazy to me. Like, because this video was released directly from the LAPD, so that means that either someone in the LAPD or someone at the hotel did something. Yeah, they're, like, it's either the Hotel Cecil or the LAPD tampered with it. But, like, why would they tamper with it? I just find it hard to believe that it was the LAPD, just because, yeah. like, I don't, I don't see the reasoning, I guess, but it's possible. Anything's possible. It's just, it's weird that there's a whole minute cut out. But if it wasn't the LAPD, why didn't they, like, look into it? Because it's clearly obvious that there's a lot missing. Exactly. And if you look at the video, at one point, like, the there's, like, a cut made when Elisa isn't in the elevator anymore. But the door, like, it looks like it's shutting really quickly. But in reality, it, like, sh- I don't know how to explain it's it. It's like, weird. You can see Just go cut. watch the video. Yeah. It's a weird video. Okay. So, back to timeline. So, February 18th and 19th. 2013, The Dark Water. So, the days prior to February 18th, guests had been complaining about the fact that their bathrooms had little to no water pressure. Additionally, the water that was coming from the tap water, or coming from the tap, was dark brown, almost black. Like, I saw a video of this, a guy who lived there, like, took a video with his phone, and it was literally almost black. Ew. Like, it looked like chocolate milk. Like poo water? Yeah. Gross. And it supposedly tasted and smelled rancid. Ew. Can you imagine, like, brushing your teeth? Brushing your teeth with it, washing your hands, washing your face, Ew. gargling in the shower. You gargle in the shower? Sometimes. Oh. Not not very often. I don't but use shower water. I'm super weird about that. I will, I'm totally fine with sink water. Shower water grosses me out. It's, I get like, that. only for external use. Yeah. And, I mean, after... Getting, like, multiple complaints, the hotel manager urged the mechanical manager to, like, check and see what was going on. And the dude was like, I don't really want to do that, but I will. So, firstly, he was just, like, tampering with the sinks, and he... But then he realized that it was, like, a lot of people in the building were experiencing this. So, he went to check the water tanks, which were on the roof. And... He went up to check because he thought that the pump was either clogged or that there was, like, no water in the water tanks, and that would explain why it was dark because mm-hmm. there was, like, it was kind of, this is gross, but it was rusty at the bottom of the water tank, yeah. so he was thinking maybe it was just, like, kind of the dredges of the water. Mm-hmm. 
So when he went up and he opened the 20 pound lid that was on the top of the 15 foot tall water tanks, he was horrified to see the naked and decomposing body of 21 year old Elisa Lamb. Yikes. Yeah, so obviously, I mean, this was reported immediately and like they got her body out of the tanks and we're gonna get into her autopsy. Which I found, I found the actual thing, and we'll have it linked in our source material, but it took me like 40 minutes to read it because it was literally like 30 pages, and it was crazy. So, we're going to talk about external injuries. There were none. None at all. Not a cut or a bruise was on her body. Weird. Internal injuries. None. Other than the fact that there was water in her lungs from being in the water, like in the tank. Okay. But... Let me point out that she did not share the typical signs of a drowning victim. So she didn't have, like, the amount of water or this type. There was, like, this foam that a lot of drowning victims have in their throats mm-hmm. and in their, like, lungs from drowning. And she didn't have that, which is really uncommon and weird. So it is weird. No external, no internal injuries. So, that, like, why, how did she die? And also, let me point out, there were no signs of sexual assault. So that means that it wasn't a crime with sexually motivated things. Mm -hmm. And then, this is another weird thing, because if you would think, like, if there were no external internal injuries, maybe she overdosed on something. But the only drugs that she had in her system were her antidepressants, and it was the usual dose that she was, like, prescribed. So she didn't even overdose or have, like, a weird drug. She wasn't, she wasn't drunk. She had no weird drugs in her system. So that's just so weird to me. Oh, my God. And the coroner actually said that the cause of death was accident. However, I will point out that the coroner had marked undetermined, and then he had crossed it out and changed his mind a few days later. That's so weird. So it's just so weird. Like, none of it makes sense. Yeah, it does. It, it's like, wait, you can't interpret it. You literally can. I'm so lost on it. Like, and the fact that she literally didn't have a cut or a bruise. Like, I know. That, I have cuts on my body right now, and I'm like, like I scraped my knee the other day. I don't, I just I don't understand. Okay, now this is my favorite part of researching that I did this whole entire time. Coincidences and synchronicities. And if you don't know what a synchronicity is, it's basically like a series of coincidences that there are so many of them that it doesn't make sense to be a coincidence. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's almost, people say it's like a God thing, but like it, could, it doesn't have thing? to be interpreted by religion. It's oh. like that, I'm so um, confused by what you meant by God No, thing. I don't know why I said God thing, but, but like, like, you know what I mean? Like it's like motivated. a religious, yeah. So... Starting off with one of the craziest coincidences is the parallels between Elisa's death and the 2005 horror movie Dark Water, which had come out in Japan like years before in the 90s, but it was redone in America in 2005. And I mean, for a quick summary, I mean, really quick, a mother and her daughter move into a dilapidated apartment building in the middle of the city. And all of a sudden, dark water starts streaming out of the faucets on multiple occasions and dripping out of the ceilings. And it's, like, foreshadowing about the events that transpired later in the story. So, basically, the daughter, who's about eight, is lured onto the roof after being in a creepy-ass elevator that keeps malfunctioning. And she goes up onto the roof and looks into the water tank on the top of the building, 
and falls in and drowns, and that is why the water is black. Oh my god. Because of her decomposing body that is found weeks later. And, I mean, what? I mean, even weirder is the fact, this is so weird, the girl in the movie is wearing a red jacket and a black dress, which is what Elisa Wayne was wearing when she was discovered. That's so weird. Okay, and also, like, I was just thinking about this. Like, this is a little girl. Remember what I was saying? How when she went into the elevator, it almost looked like she was acting like like a little kid? <gasps> yes. Like, isn't that weird? Okay, that's... This is really weird. Like, that's too coincidental. No, and, I mean, when I say she was acting like a little kid, something about when you look at her, like, face and the way she's just moving, moving around... Yeah. Something about it is very childlike, and I can't pinpoint quite what it is, but if you watch it, you'll think that she looks like a child. A child. Like, she's, like, crouching down, and she's, like, looking in the hallway. Like, she's, like, making faces? I, I can't yeah. describe it. Not, like, not like cheesy, like, posing faces, but, like, she's, like, her facial expressions are, like, look like a little kid's, like, when they're confused or when they're playing a game. Oh, it's just, it's very strange. So, yeah, that's really crazy. And keep in mind, this came out in 2005, which is, like, more seven or eight years before she went missing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's weird. Okay, so another coincidence is just, this is really strange. So, about a week following Elisa Lamb's disappearance, a tuberculosis outbreak plagued Skid Row, as well as those who were staying in the Hotel Cecil. So, do you want to talk about what Skid Row is? Because I'm still a little yeah. lost on the whole Skid Row thing. So, Skid Row is basically, if you've ever been to L.A. or if you haven't, you just know about it. It's, like, thousands of homeless people and people who are ex, who are in prison or who are in mental institutions are basically dumped here. So, it's, like, streets and streets full of tents and, like, little, like, teepees and stuff. And it's, like thousands of homeless people living on a street and it's a big drug hub and prostitute thing and it's really kind of shady and it's been they created it in 1970 to kind of keep them separate from everybody else in LA and in that part of California but then it just kind of became too big yeah and like the government's trying to been like been able to handle it for years and it's kind of not they've been unable to do anything. Mm-hmm. So just keep this in mind about the whole tuberculosis outbreak. So another like weird connection she has with tuberculosis is that the test for TB is actually called Lamb Elisa, which is literally her name, just like you know, in opposite order. That's okay. That's really. I don't weird. even understand. I don't know how to process that. What does that mean? Like, and the thing is, tests like that aren't named after people usually. No, like it doesn't. It's I don't. I didn't even know that there were tests for like diseases and stuff like that were named like that. Lamb. Like I just assumed that it was like you know TB test. Yeah, but lamb. Oh, that's so weird. That's like, so weird. Ugh. Okay, and also her college, the University of British Columbia, had one of the biggest tuberculosis research centers in the world. Okay. Yeah, that's... Oh, my God. Okay. So, another weird little connection. So, a lot of people have speculated that she was actually infected with TB and then used a biological weapon of sorts in order to, like, wipe out the thousands of people that live on Skid Row. So, by her being, like, disposed of in the water tank, she, like, decomposed in the infection of, like, tuberculosis spread to those in, like through the water, and then somehow made its way to Skid Row, because, you know, it's all People were, like, like buying drugs or something, yeah, so exactly. people in the hotel. But the weird thing is that she didn't have any signs of TB in her system in the autopsy, but, like, 
it could have been transmitted through her clothing, which again, she the clothing was like floating with her, but yeah. not on her. So I, I don't know, maybe it was being carried that way or some mm-hmm. other source. And I just think that that's really weird. And we'll like kind of talk a little bit more about the TV thing later in like theories, but it's like weird. That's just so creepy to me. That's like an actual like synchronicity. Yeah, I don't know. Really strange. Okay, the final one I'm going to talk about is the last bookstore, which was one of the last places that Elisa Lane was seen alive when she was purchasing a few books during the duration of her trip. So, first off, the name is darkly ironic. Yeah, the last bookstore. Yeah, that, yeah, creepy. What? Like, um, I, don't, I don't know. That, that's just a weird coincidence. Unless she, like, was planning her death and she was like, well, this is a great idea. Yeah. What I a mean, coincidence. What a coinky. I'm so cool. <laughs> A coinky dink. This one is really weird, and I don't know. This could have been like set up by someone, but I don't know. But if you look up their domain for their website and find the postal code, it's in the registration information. The code is V5G4S2. And if you copy and paste this into Google Maps, it literally pinpoints the location where Elisa is buried in Canada. That's so weird. How, I, how do you explain that? Like, I exactly. Can't, I can't say this enough times. Like, how do you explain all of this? I don't know. Like, it doesn't make sense. Literally, none of it makes sense. I mean, someone could have, like, staged that, I guess. I don't know. But, like, how would you find that? Where do you find V5G 4S2? Like, that's not like, a that's normal, a like, zip code or something. I don't know. That's a lot of, like, information to have to find out in order to plan that. Or for it just to be some weird coincidence. Unless that is, like, some sort of, like, religious coincidence. Like, it's, like, a destiny kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I don't but, know. Like, that's so weird. I That is one that I... Li- There's no explaining that away. That's yeah. just weird. I don't know. Okay, so now we've talked about all the, like, the weirdness of this case. We're going to try to theorize and explain it a bit. This, and it just might bring up more questions. So, our first theory is a drug-induced accident. So, this theory begins with that she took too many drugs, which, like... Most likely, these would be, like, her prescription drugs for her depression, and she Mm -hmm. just, maybe not necessarily overdosed on them, but maybe they messed with something else that was in her system. Yeah. She could have eaten something, and it just reacted weird with it. I don't know. Or she took a sketchy drug that she bought on Skid Row, like, acid or something, but that's kind of unlikely, because, you know, it wasn't found in her system. I just thought of something. What? What if it was, like, some new drug that was, like, untraceable, and she took it just to try it, like, YOLO? It's totally possible. I mean, it was Skid Row, so she really could have, they could have mixed something, and it was just yeah. not detectable. I don't know. So, that would kind of explain her strange elevator video where she was, like, acting like that, because, I don't know, when you're when you're on those crazy, wacky drugs, you don't know what's going on. She yeah, like, thought she like, was the child in dark water. Yeah, she could have been like, ooh, I saw this cool movie. Turns out, I am that kid. <laughs> And then she just, like, strolled up to the thing and, you know, climbed up the water tank and was like, oh my gosh, let's go for a swim. And then she would have opened the water tank because it was unlocked and just, you know, took a jump. But this is kind of unlikely because, again, there's no drugs found in her system and it totally could have been untraceable, but it's not very likely because they need advanced technology. It's not like this was, like, the 80s. Also, the top of the water tank was 20 pounds, so, like, how would you pick that up? That's, like, heavy. Yeah, that is really heavy. And, like, when you're standing on a ladder trying to pick up, like, a 20-pound yeah. thing with one hand. And she was kind of a small person, right? Yeah. Like, that seems really hard. It wasn't like she was, like, the rock. And <laughs> so, also, the top was closed when she was found. So, like, who would have closed it? 
And yes, you could pose the question that it was possibly like a hotel employee who was at the top of the, on the roof and just saw it was open and just closed it and didn't think to look at it. But like, that's unlikely. That is unlikely. And I mean, like, if she, there's literally no way that she could have closed it if she was on the inside because like, if the water, I'm guessing the water wasn't all the way to the top, so she probably couldn't have reached it. Yeah, I don't know. Something seems off. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to get to my theory that I think is the most probable. Possessed. I think she was possessed by something. I had to rephrase this one because I, when I first looked at it, Izzy had wrote possession. And I was like, oh, so she was like a drug dealer? No, and Izzy started talking about ghosts. And I'm like so confused. Anyway, this is a ghost theory, not a ghost drug theory. theory. Yes. Um, so it's a total possibility that she was possessed by some sort of demon or otherworldly entity from someone who was either killed or died at the hotel. Also, it is widely theorized that this hotel is like a portal to hell or some other parallel universe. Have you ever seen that episode of Jesse, the Halloween one? Yeah. That was based on Ghostbusters? Because that's all I can think about right now. Yeah. Or the creepy Edna girl. What was her name? In what? In, um, the parallel twin in... Liv and Maddie. Oh, Helga. Helga! Yeah. Okay. Disney Channel Halloween <laughs> is superior. Yeah, and it honestly was kind of scary. Like, I've watched some of those episodes now, and they're, like, kind of freaking me out. No, the the the, Jess, the last Halloween episode from Jesse, the one that's, like, inspired by the ring, I, like, could not watch it again because it was so scary. Yeah. So, I mean, this explains the elevator video and why she was acting super oddly the days leading up to her disappearance because, like... She was supposedly really nice. Why would she be acting so weird to be removed from a room with yeah, other seriously. women? And, I mean, additionally, there's speculation that she was doing something called the elevator game, which originated from Japan. And, like, if you look at the clip, she's, like, the game involves, like, pressing a series of buttons and doing a series of movements of transport you to another realm yeah, so that kind of would explain a lot about the elevator thing. Yeah, and the unexplained jumps of time in the video. Uh-huh. And why she, like, went out of frame at some points. And then maybe it went wrong, and she was, like, possessed by something. Like and she called a spirit accidentally? Yeah, like, she went into the other realm, and they were like, oh, hey, girl, I'm gonna jump in you. <laughs> so she was possessed, and that's why she went up to the water tank and just jumped in. No drugs in her system, no external or internal injuries, and then, like, also, the weirdest thing that stuck with me is why the hell did she not have the normal signs of drowning? Yeah, that's weird. And, I mean, it's possible that it just, I don't know, I guess it, there's always a chance for something. Like a fluke, kind yeah. of. But it's still super weird. Like, yeah. Like, she would have had to go in there after her death. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe this explains why she wasn't wearing any clothes and why she, had, like, just dumped them in there. I don't know. I, don't, I really don't it's know. It's really weird. Okay, so now I'm going to talk a little bit about the murder theory. So, obviously, obvi, we have to talk about this, because we are still a true crime podcast, despite all of the supernatural stuff we have just said. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this one's just short, because we got to get it out of the way. So, she could have been potentially murdered, but it's just really unlikely, because, you know, going back to, like, the skills of elementary school, there's no what, <laughs> there's no when, there's no where, there's no why, there's no how. Exactly. There's there's no reason that someone would have wanted to murder her. They, like, could not find any reasoning. And even if there was no reasoning, and even if it was just some random serial killer, you know, upstairs, like, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that they just decided to kill her in addition to, like, all the, like, weird stuff with the elevator. There's no way that there's that many freaking coincidences. And exactly. someone just decided to murder her in addition to that. And if there is that many coincidences and someone did murder her, how would they have murdered her? They would have had to literally just drop her in the tank. 
Yeah, and again, she didn't show signs of drowning, so someone would have had to, like, kill her first, and then, like, I, she, her body wouldn't have healed, and, like, she had no signs of injury yeah. or sexual assault or anything, so I don't know. Probably, she did, she was probably not murdered. Yeah. Or at least not in a regular old-fashioned way. Exactly. Um, now I'm gonna get into the dark water theory. I talked about this earlier, but, like, uh... Like, maybe she was having a psychotic break and decided to copy this movie, or maybe she was on some type of drugs and she had seen this movie, and she was like, oh my god, you know, I'm just gonna test this out. That's why she was wearing the same clothes, and that's why she was doing the elevator game. Just, like, kind of doing, like, twisted role play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or maybe there was some twisted killer who was, like, fucking with her and did the, made her do the elevator thing somehow, and did, like, a copycat murder based on the movie. I mean, either one of those kind of makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, weird. again, just super weird. We literally, literally were just giving them more questions. This is not explaining yeah. shit. Okay, so our next little theory is the government cover-up slash tuberculosis theory. Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. The only time, that's like kind of a hard word to say. You know all those ads where people are like talking about treating tuberculosis? Yeah. Like, I don't know. And I, are, I still can't isn't say it. like tuberculosis a thing where it was like in the forties someone would like cough onto like a handkerchief and it would have blood on it and everyone was like <gasps> Was it? I don't, I, I don't think. know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know enough about T B over here. Okay, so basically this theory is that Elisa was used as like bio warfare against those who lived on Skid Row. So the government had been attempting to eradicate Skid Row for several decades and they've just been very unsuccessful. So I it's kind of possible that they used Elisa Lamb as a way to wipe out guests at the hotel and those on Skid Row just to, like, get rid of the problems. Yeah. So a few days after she went missing, tuberculosis started to spread amongst those people at Skid Row, as we said, and all these people in the hotel got it, and it's just a theory that the government's attempt to lower the numbers of Skid Row inhabitants. And I mean, I guess it does kind of make sense. Probably not the cleanest way you could have done it. You know what I mean? Like, tuberculosis is kind of a long and hard and... Yeah. So, it's kind of just theorized that when she was in the water tank, she somehow spread the disease into the hotel, and then they spread it to the inhabitants of Skid Row. And, again, like, the whole lamb Elisa thing with the test, like, I just, I think it's really weird. Yeah. The test thing's kind of off of the theory, I guess. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's more of a weird, again, coincidence. Yeah. But, like, everything else, I, I don't know, I could kind of see it being, like, a thing, an attempt. Yeah. But, like, here's my little, like, as much as I, this is kind of my favorite theory, just because it's the creepiest and, like, weirdest, mm-hmm. in my opinion, that, like, actually is plausible. But, like, why use someone from Canada? Like, I can't yeah. explain that. Why, why would someone from, like, because then you'd have to assume the Canadian government was somehow involved. And then or why maybe would, they chose her so that she wouldn't have to be, like, persecuted under United States law or she something? She was she was going to be dead. Why would she be persecuted? True. But, like, I just can't figure that out because then the Canadian government would be involved. And why would the Canadian government care so much about Skid Row? Exactly. I don't know. I just... There's I, a couple weird things about yeah, it. Yeah. And, I mean, we talked about it earlier. Maybe they were, like, on the case so quickly in America because she was from Canada. Like, because she's yeah. a national citizen. So that doesn't make sense. Why would they want her to be found? I don't know. Really weird. Yeah. All right. Final theory, Izzy? Yep. So the cover-up theory, I mean, this one's basically just your run-of-the-mill theory. So, I mean, for example, the LAPD searched the roof with cadaver dogs and that were trained to her scent. 
like a few days after she went missing and they quote unquote didn't find anything even though she was literally up there yeah she was there i don't like i don't sense. it doesn't make sense to me and if you're in the lapd why not check the water tanks if they're open and they're there and not locked you yeah, know what i mean i, I don't know I don't know. That's weird. And I mean, also, elevator footage is clearly tampered with, and that happened prior to the video being released to the public. So, was that the LAPD's fault, or the Hotel Cecil's fault? Or was it both of them? Yeah, maybe they were working together. And I think, again, like, every time we do a cover-up theory, it kind of has to go in addition to another theory. Mm-hmm. Like, if... I don't know. You would have to pick a theory, and then someone was covering something up. There's definitely a cover-up somewhere along here. Yeah. You have to think about whose fault it is. If it was a government, if it was, like, the whole government TV thing, then it would probably be a police cover-up that was they were trying to cover what the government was doing. Yeah. But if it was, like, she was possessed or being, like, you know... Or something haunted by a serial killer, yeah. that would be, like, the Hotel Cecil trying to cover it up. So, or I don't maybe know. maybe it was, like, an employee... At the Hotel Cecil. Yeah. They were trying to cover it up so they wouldn't get shut down or something. Exactly. So, this case is just so bizarre. Like, we can't explain any of it. Yeah, and I feel kind of bad because Jill's right. We left you with more questions yeah. than we started with. I don't know. Sometimes people find this interesting. I don't know. I know Izzy's now going to be, like, obsessed with this for life. Yeah, it's kind of bad. Like, she's addicted. Like, like addicted, addicted. I didn't. I started research on this a little late because we were going back to school this week, and I happened to be going back to school first. So I was just all stressed and stuff. And like Izzy's texting me as I'm like, I'm like texting. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. Like I have to go back to school in person. It's so scary. And Izzy's like, oh my gosh, I watched this docu series on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, that I was, was like. I wish we could, like, show you our text. That would be creepy. But, like, sometimes we text them, like, the most ridiculous things about this podcast. Yeah. It's kind of bad. It's really funny, though. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm obsessed with it. And if any of you guys, like, want to talk about this or theorize about this case, I will gladly chat with you on our blog. <laughs> Use our blog, guys. That's we, why We made it. We update it once a week. Just, you know, check it out. Yeah. I don't know. Give it a look, looky look. I don't know. Lookity look. Lookity look. Okay, so that is the end of our case for this week. But as promised, we are having another special event in honor of 20 episodes. Oh my god! So we had you guys submit questions for us to answer, so we'll be answering those now. So we're going to do like a little AMA segment with all these questions. And I just want to say before we start, thank you so much to our fans who have been here since the beginning, or if you just started listening, like... Just thank you to all of our fans. Just thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. We do appreciate it. And also, we're kind of in shock that we got this many questions. Um, We're not going to lie to you. We thought we were going to have to submit questions ourselves and pretend like real people submitted them. And we actually got really good questions from people. So thank you guys so much. So we're just going to go answer those now. And we'll make uh, ourselves stop sounding like dorks. Yes. Okay. So, our first questions are from Samaya. Also, thank you, Samaya, for sending in a pronunciation of your name. Yes. Because, um, again, if you guys know us, um, we don't pronounce things right at all. Yeah, we're very bad at pronunciation. So, thank you for sending that in. We really do appreciate it. <laughs> and we also feel like you know us when you did that. So, yes. thank you. So, her first question was, how did y'all meet? So, I'm going to tell a story because Izzy doesn't even remember. I don't remember. And that's just, just, it's a little heartbreaking. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I literally don't have no memory of this. Okay, so we're going to travel back to around the August of 2009. In August of 2009, Izzy and Jillian were four years old. 
and we were both enrolled in this like overflow class of pre-k <laughs> so basically in our like school district they have a special school just for pre-kers i don't know if that's like normal or if that's like just I us no i mean they have a preschool there but it's super tiny anyway so basically they ran out of room to have enough pre-k classes at the school so they had to have one at the elementary school by us so there's just like this one class of pre-kers amongst all these uh, like older elementary school kids Izzy and I happen to be placed in this class. So, basically, like, on the night before school starts or around, like, the time school was starting, there was, like, a parent orientation thing. So, I was not there because I, I, I don't know if kids were supposed to go or not, but I was at home with my brother and I had a babysitter. But my parents met Izzy's parents and they also met Izzy because Izzy happened to be at this parent <laughs> For orientation. For some reason, I was taken to this parent orientation. Yeah, I don't know. So, they met you and they come home and they're like, Jillian, we found you a friend. <laughs> They, like, were talking, they were like, oh my gosh, she's so cute, and, like, she lives right down the street from us, and we're just, we're gonna be friends. So, like, I don't know how recent, I don't know, like, you know, I have no concept of days and stuff, but then, at some point a few days later, I assume, we met. So, Izzy and I used to actually live, like, down the street from each other. Um, and we don't live there at all anymore. We both like, moved. We both moved. It's kind of then. weird, but... It's kind of ironic, but we both used to live down the street from each other, so we met this one day, and I walk up to her, and... So we're both fairly short now. Izzy's slightly taller than me, but when we met, I was, like, super little. She was very tiny. Like, I was super tiny, like, really small, like, just in size, everything. And Izzy was taller than me. I guess she just had hit a growth spurt before me. I remember she was wearing overalls, and she walks up to me, and she comments about how small I am, and then proceeds to pick me up. (laughs) And that's exactly how I remember it, and that could totally not actually be true. I mean, it could be. I'm sure it's part of it. I'm sure it's true. But it's like, that is how, that is how we met. So thank you for asking that question. I was actually really hoping someone would ask because I love telling that story. I think it's adorable. (laughs) It is very adorable. Okay. Izzy, you want to read the next one? Yes. So do you guys have any true crime shows you'd recommend for people getting into true crime? I do. Okay. 100% BuzzFeed Unsolved. Yes, I know. I like love them and I talk about them all the time. But, like, especially their older episodes, like, not their most recent ones, but the ones with Shane and Ryan are so good. Like, their BuzzFeed Unsolved Supernatural ones, as well as their true crime ones, are just really good and really funny and amazing. Yeah, no, I like BuzzFeed Unsolved, too. They're also just kind of super informational, so if you're actually looking to get, like, a lot of information on the case, it's actually really helpful. It's not just, like, one of those things that gets you hooked and then you have to do your own research. Yeah. But, like, that's, like, a really good one. Um, I really like Law & Order, and no, it's not true crime, because obviously it's not true, (laughs) but, like, I just love Law & Order, and I don't actually watch, like, the other Law & Orders, but Law & Order SVU, I've, like, loved that show since I was, like, 13, which is a little strange, because I don't think it's, like, I don't think it's intended for 13-year-olds. Yeah. But I love Law & Order, and I actually think that's kind of what got me more into, like, the actual true crime stuff, because, I mean, it's kind of like true crime. It's not real real, but it's, like, could be real, technically. And I mean, for me, I have a bunch of shows that are, like, crime-oriented. They're not necessarily true crime. Like, I mean, for example, Veronica Mars is so amazing. If you like true crime and you like kind of those teen shows, it's it's about this girl who's, like, a PI, basically, but she's in high school. It's amazing. It's 2000 shows, too. So, you know, See, it's good. you keep telling me to watch that, and every time you describe it, I'm like, oh my god, that sounds like my perfect show, and I just have not watched it. You need to watch it. It's I so good. It. Okay, so... Our next question, these all, these all have been from Samaya so far. Uh, what are y'all's favorite songs? Um, well, 
I've been made fun of for my taste in music, so I'm just going to be very upfront about that. But you know, I'm also going to have a little bit of claim to fame here. I liked Britney Spears in middle school. My friends used to tell me I had shitty taste in music because I love 2000s pop and not like 90s pop. And I like literally love Britney Spears. And then all of a sudden 2020 comes around and everyone's like, oh my gosh, free Britney, love Britney Spears. And like those are the people who used to like literally make fun of me from listening to Britney Spears. And I don't get any credit for liking her before everyone else did. Everybody give Jillian credit. And your music taste isn't horrible whatsoever. <laughs> we, we had a friend who used to tell me all the time my music taste sucked. Yeah, but it doesn't. Um, my music taste is literally everywhere. Um, I don't have a favorite song. Mine changes, like, every two minutes. Um, currently, though, I would say my song of the day is Calypso by Spider Hunt. Is that the one from 10 Things I Hate About yes, You? Yes, it is. And I just love Cat Stratford, so that's why I that is my favorite currently. I love 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, it's I, just I so love, good. I love, what, oh shit, what's his name? Keith Ledger? Yeah, but what's his character's name? I don't even know. I don't know. The hot guy from 10 Things I Hate About You, I like him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we never get to talk about this kind we of stuff. We don't get to talk. It's so nice. It's so nice. I feel like we can, they can actually like see like our fully authentic personalities now. Yeah. Okay, now these questions are from Mara. And thank you so much, Smaya. Just want to say that. <laughs> okay, so which case has been your favorite to research and record and why? So thank you, Mara, for coming in here with the full-on, like, IB-level question. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to have to write, like, an A-push essay on this one. But no, it's a good <laughs> question, so thank you for asking. Um, my personal favorite was the Kyron Horman case. Like, I say this all the time on Instagram, but... Like Izzy was saying with the Elisa Lamb case today, she kind of did like a full deep dive on it. Mm -hmm. I did that with the Kyron Horman case, and I didn't really talk about it much because it was kind of embarrassing. So, like, uh, I don't even know how long ago we did that episode. It was kind of a while ago now, but I wanted to get ahead on some research. I was, like, in a, you know, I was in a role with my homework, and I was just feeling like doing some more work. So I started, and I figured I'd just do, like, a little bit of background, some sources, because it was, like, we were a couple weeks out from even needing the research for that episode. I was just super ahead on stuff. And I ended up doing, like, like the whole thing. And like, yeah, she did. Like, it was weird. Like, I mean, obviously, Izzy and I went back and, like, we added stuff together. And, you know, it wasn't like she did not contribute. Like, I mean, that's kind of... Just every once in a while we have episodes where one of us will do, like, the whole thing. And then some of us will add, like, little bits. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what happened today. Mm-hmm. But, like, the Kyra Horman one, I don't know why. I don't even know how this happened. It just... It kind of did. And I was, like, a kind of obsessed with it. And it was also just super fun to record. But, like, every episode's fun to record. They honestly are. It's just, like... It's a time for us to connect and talk about theories and explore things that we never thought about before. Yeah, we can totally geek out. And, like, you yeah. don't think about things until you're talking on a microphone. Exactly! It's a total thing. Like, literally, you don't think about things until you think you're talking to, like, the public. Yeah, like, we could be talking about stuff for weeks before and then start recording and be like, oh my god, I didn't think about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my favorite is definitely this one. Dude, okay, so, first of all, I had fully virtual school this week which I had had before, but it was, like, a different format, so I had a lot of extra time. I literally have been spending all of my extra time watching documentaries on this, reading articles about this, reading her whole ass autopsy. It got bad, and I think it's going to progress until there's more information out on this case. Which we may never get. Which we may never get, sadly, but, yeah, it's a problem. But other than this one, I don't know why. I just will... There will always be a special place in my heart for the Dermans. <laughs> that one does not stand out to me. I can't tell you why. It's one of those ones I brush over. 
Honestly, like, the, the episodes from, like, I don't know, like, six through, like, eight, I guess, are the ones I, like, don't remember doing at all. Yeah. Like, I swear I was, like, a different person when we did those. No, literally, same. I mean, I think it's just because it was the first one that we really collaborated on for in terms of theories. Yeah. So it's, like, it's a special place in my heart because that's, like, my favorite thing that we do. Hmm. I don't know. Recording, though, like, I I have favorite ones I've researched. Every one I record is my favorite. Yeah. I love recording. It's just so much fun to record. Like, we're just, literally, we're, like, shooting the shit and just talking. Yeah. It's so much fun. Okay, so our next question... Oh, Izzy's supposed to read that one. Yeah. <laughs> what inspired you to create a true crime podcast? So, we actually did this for a school project. Um, We've talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, who Was it you who it brought was it up? Me. Yeah, it was Jillian. She was like, we should do this. And I was like, oh my god, yes! I was so excited and so pumped. And so we were like... Okay, so... Um, because we were in virtual school for so long, we were basically doing, like, pod school together, and that makes us sound like little kids. But we, like, didn't want to be lonely, so we were being, like, super COVID safe and everything. So we decided to start doing school together, and we were super safe about it, yada, yada, yada. But we decided to, like, have, like, a little more time commitment to this personal project. I mean, people don't do, like, a ton of work for that. No, like, people literally do nothing. It's really sad, honestly. So we just kind of, like, took off with it, and this became our project, and now it's just our life. Yeah, and now the project's over, and we're still doing it, which is awesome. It's a little more fun now, because we don't yeah. have to worry about, like, talking about it so much, and, like, actually, like, making sure that we recognize that we did yeah. work, and, you know. And I don't know, like, I feel like now we can be a little bit less censored, if that makes sense. Is it? We were not censored. I know, before. we were not censored. But, like, I was always thinking about it in the back of my mind, like, oh my god, what if my advisor listens to this? No, I thought about it every once in a while, because, I mean, I, some of my teachers know that I have a podcast, like, what if they listen to it and then they hear me, like, cursing? So, yeah. I'd like to apologize to any of my teachers who listen to this right now, or yeah. any, really anyone that listens that knows, that knows me, us. Yeah. and that is, like, not my age, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but... You know, it's more entertaining for you guys, right? I, I hope so. I hope so, yeah. Okay, so the next question is, what do you hope to achieve through TGIC in the future? So again, Mara, thank you for like the full-on IB questions. Yeah, like these really challenged us to Izzy think. and I really know how to answer the IB questions. And, you know, sometimes we don't get to do that in school, despite being <laughs> taught to do it in school. Yeah. So, I don't know, what do we hope to achieve? I, I, I want to be a big, big podcast, but like, is that really something I want to... Is that, like, through TGIC, or is that for TGIC? I don't know. I think it's kind of through. Yeah. I mean, I, like, my biggest dream is to have an article come out about us on some major news source. No, that would be so cool. I never even thought about that. Like, Like, that would be so cool, because we're literally one of the first true crime podcasts made by teenagers. Like, I couldn't find any when I was thinking about this idea. No, I, like, we've looked, and, like, sometimes we say, like, oh, yeah, we're the only true crime. I'm sure that there's one somewhere that we haven't found but, like, I don't we've know. Pretty we're, hard. we're pretty unique. Like, there's a lot of teen lifestyle podcasts, and, like, uh, obviously those are great. But we're kind of our own in this category. Like, all these true crime podcasts are run by, like, moms. <laughs> yeah, that's and true. I just don't feel like we get enough, like, credit. Like, I want someone to discover us, and I want there to be, like, a New York Times article about exactly. us. Exactly. Like, I want to be the new crime junkie, please. But, like, I want to be the teen crime junkie. Yeah. I don't know. There's, there's got to be something unique about us that I just, I want us to be, I want us to be everywhere. I don't know. Also, like, college. Yeah, like, college. College would be such a breeze to get into if I had a successful podcast. Exactly. Like, literally imagine writing an essay about this yeah. and getting into a college for it. That would be so amazing. That's just so unique. And honestly, like, it's just so, 
I was talking to my mom about this earlier today, but it's just so fulfilling to know that we have fans out there. I know. Like, the fact that people really submitted questions. Yeah, I know. And the fact that we have international fans, too. Like, yeah, and I've, like, talked to some of you guys on Instagram before, and it's just so nice. You guys are always so sweet, and it's so great. I feel, like, really cool. I don't know. Yeah. It's just so, so fulfilling. Nice, and I love that, and I feel special. Yeah. So thank you. Okay, so these are the questions that were submitted by anonymous listeners. So the first one is, what have you been? What what have been your favorite parts of producing your own podcast? Um, I don't know. Everything? Yeah, everything's really fun about it. I mean, I feel like once we start to do, I mean, honestly, it's all really fun. Coming up with names, though, that's really fun. That is fun. But like everything is fun. I can't. I can't like stress this enough. Like I have fun with every part of this. Yeah. This is just. This is the best for me. And I think honestly, if we once we start to get like a bigger fan base and stuff, and we can start doing things like a Patreon or doing merch, I feel like that'll be really fun too. Yeah. No. Like literally, everything is just so fun, and I want to do so much more fun with this in the future. And so it's just great. That's yeah. Everything is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Okay. Will y'all ever have a Twitter? I want to follow y'all if y'all do. Okay, I'm sorry. Did someone, like, <laughs> leak into our Google Drive or something? Because this is so weird. So, I, like, I'll, I'll pitch some marketing ideas to Izzy, like, once a month. And recently, I pitched an idea about Twitter. Because I was trying to, like, expand our fan base a little bit. And we were, like, debating about it. And we kind of decided not to do it just because we don't really have an older fan base. And I don't, I mean, not a lot of kids our age actually use Twitter. Yeah. So we didn't really know how that was going to play out. So we kind of decided not to do it. But literally, like, two days later, someone submits this question. Which, and Jillian was like, Izzy, did you submit this question? I and thought I like, she I did. I swear to God, I didn't. No, she, I texted her. And then I realized that she was probably at lacrosse practice. And that didn't actually make a lot of sense. <laughs> but, like, I don't know who, who submitted this and who else knew about Twitter. Yeah, it's but, really like, scary. Unless this was submitted by my mom, like, I don't, no one else knew. Yeah. I don't um, know. Also, but, hello, fellow Southerner. Yeah, no, seriously, with the y'alls people, like, y'all, I used y'all all the time. I went to sleepaway camp for the first time, and everyone was like, oh, that's so cute that you sound so Southern. I'm like, I didn't even I, realize yeah. I sounded Southern. Okay, um, also, no, we will probably never have a Twitter. It's just, yeah. it's one thing that neither one of us really know how to use, and it's also just, it's, it's like the same as Instagram. Yeah. I don't know. I we just don't, don't see the necessity for it right now. Yeah. Okay, so the next question is, do you guys have any more book recommendations? I love that part of the one episode. So thank you, because that was spontaneous, and we didn't even know people, like, like yeah, I've heard like a lot that. of people say that they liked that. Like, I had some girl message me and asked if I had any other book recommendations, like, after that oh episode God. came out. Um, if you don't know, uh, Jillian and I read kind of a lot, so we have a lot of these recommendations. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a couple. Um, um, what do we like? One of us is lying. That's really good. I listened to that, or I read that a while ago, and then Izzy listened, listened to, to it, it on a trip recently. Um, it was so good, so good, guys. There's a sequel too, so that one's really cool to get hooked on. Um, good Girls Guide to Murder. Oh my god, so good. I love that book, and also they just came out with a sequel, and Izzy started reading it yesterday, but I yeah. have not started reading it, and I told her not to give me any spoilers. That one's a really plus. good. So those are, like, more teen ones. Also, The Cheerleaders. Yeah, that that's one's really good, good, too. I think that's by Kara Thomas. But those are all really good, like, teen-oriented books, which are good, because mm-hmm. they're a lot easier to read, which I do appreciate. Yeah. Because then they get to the plot a lot quicker. And there's also some romance, usually, in yeah. them, which so makes little, it easier. They're a little more, like, 
hold your attention a little bit longer. There's a couple of good, like, adult-focused ones, I guess, I've read. I'm trying to think. Um, In a Dark, Dark Woods. Yes. That one's really good. That one, I remember reading that and getting chills. That one is really good to read around Halloween, too. Yeah. Because it's kind of just, you get that dark very vibe dark, from yeah. it. So, yeah. Um, And then I'm also reading a book called Pretty Girls right now, which is pretty good. So I'd recommend that everyone reads that, too. Um, do you guys have any hobbies other than podcasting? Um, yes. (laughs) We do. We do. What do we do? Um, I play lacrosse, which is like, okay, I gotta know. It's such a weird sport. A lot of people don't even know it's a thing. But yes, I play lacrosse for our high school. I went went to her lacrosse game last night. Yeah, it was really fun. I mean, it's just like, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just a fun sport. It, you get girls who are really aggressive, but yeah, I, mean, I was busy with hit a couple details. people last night. It was very entertaining. Yeah, I tripped a few girls. <laughs> We're not gonna talk about that. Though. Um, I do not play any sports. Sports are not really my my cup of tea. I guess I don't know. I've, I've tried you them. Play they just tennis? kind of worked out. Oh, I do play tennis. I don't know. I don't count that because I don't play tennis competitively. I just like True. play. But I do like tennis, and I mean, I'm not bad at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both do mock trial. Yes. Oh my god, our fellow mock trialers out there. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's a big commitment. It's such a big commitment. We signed up for, like, uh, mock trial freshman year. I mean, I didn't, like, that's kind of what Izzy and I met over almost. It was like, I signed up to do it with one friend, and then the friend I'd signed up to do it with brought Izzy in, and then, I don't know. But, like, mock trial, it's it's quite the commitment. It's it's something. Yeah. But our team made it to state. Yeah, we rock. So that's awesome. Um, what else do we do? I mean, I have hobbies that are, like, not, like, actual, like, extracurriculars. Like, yeah. I, I love cooking, baking. We both do that. Yeah. Reading. Yeah. We both watch a shit ton of TV. Yeah, that that's kind of a hobby. Um, I draw. I do it very casually, though. Like, yeah, Izzy's, like, an artist, and she doesn't talk about it ever. She's, like, a really good artist. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really do anything. That's kind of it. Podcasting's become. I mean, I'm life. sure I could think about stuff, but I just yeah. Podcasting is our work thing. as a hobby because I have so much of it. Yeah, that's no, a good hobby. A push homework. That's a hobby. Okay. Um, our final question is where are you guys from? Um, so we're not gonna like you know tell us where tell tell you tell guys, guys where where, where we like exactly live, but we've mentioned we're from the south. We do live in Atlanta, Georgia. We're not gonna give you like our address or anything or our school <laughs> because that's creepy. I don't think anyone meant that with bad intentions, but no. But yeah, we're from Atlanta. In case yeah. you guys were, like, curious. Very interesting. So, shout out to our fellow... Atlanteans? Atlantans. It, AT, yeah. AT-Aliens? Is that, like... The, AT-Aliens. The, yeah. They, no, like, you've seen the... There's an Instagram thing with the aliens. Maybe. They, there's, you've never seen the graffitied aliens all over Atlanta? No. You're gonna, Now you're going to see them all the time. I probably will, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. You know what that reminds me of? Hmm. Maurice. Hmm. <laughs> Maurice. Maurice is Izzy's car that she hasn't gotten yet. That I haven't. It's my it's my abuela's car. But what now that I told Jillian what type of car it is, we literally see it everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's really weird. Anyway, so you probably just got way too much information from that AMA, but it was really fun to do. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys for tuning in, and make sure to leave us a review. Re- 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 make sure to leave us a review if you listen on Apple Podcast, and follow us on Instagram at tgic.podcast. Bye!
Hey guys, before you go, Theory One is a new podcast that talks about true crime, the paranormal, and conspiracy theories. From the JFK assassination to Area 51, topics vary, but each as creepy and fun as the next. If you're a fan of one or all of the above, be sure to check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thank you.